Happy New Year to everybody. We are looking forward to the start of a new year and a brand new series that we're going to start to kick off this new year. And we're going to be talking about the marriage mistakes to avoid in 2024. So stay tuned. Hello, folks. Welcome back. It is 2024. I hope somebody's missed us and missed that welcome. Hey, I missed it. It was kind of weird to not record for a couple of weeks. And um, uh, we appreciate your patience as we just took some time off just to be with family. So um, as most of you know, we have a kid that's in college and he's been home for a few weeks and we did some traveling and we did the Christmas thing and, you know, we just knew it was going to be hard to try to squeeze in some time to do the podcast. And so just felt like, and plus we, we, we do them on Mondays or they release on Mondays. And it just so happens that the last two Mondays were Christmas and then New Year's. So here we are, took a little bit of time off, but uh, really glad to be back in 2024. And this particular episode is going to be jam-packed with stuff. So um, we definitely want to get started, but we're going to spread this out probably over the next couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. And we're going to be talking specifically about the top 10 or just 10, doesn't necessarily not top 10, but 10 marriage mistakes to avoid in 2024. Well, and to be fair, let's tell them how it came about to be 10 things instead of five. Well, and actually, we were going to say four, four things to avoid in 24, because that made sense. And so you told me, hey, come up with five, and I'll come up with five. And we'll see where they overlap, how we can mesh them, how we can, you know, I'm sure we'll have some the same. And we didn't. They were all None different. None of them. Well, there there are some similarities in some of them. But when we started talking about this this particular topic, we we really wanted to go back to 2000, 2011. So for those of you that are new to our podcast, and we know that we've got new listeners, which by the way, I never really said this is Rusty and Heather Bryant, <laughs> <laughs> but you're listening to the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, and this is Rusty and Heather Bryant. Um, but our story, for those of you that are new um, and have, you know, because we know people check out podcasts at the beginning of the year, and so we want you to to know who we are and what we're about. There's plenty of episodes you can go back and listen to. Um, but we walked through infidelity back in 2011. And so a lot of our story and a lot of the things that we're able to share, they stem from and come from that time of our life. And so what we really want to do is we want to be able to help marriages that are going through similar situations. But even even beyond that, we want to be able to share with all marriages the things that we learned so that you can avoid the mistakes that we made. Um, but also, we have discovered that since then, we truly have been moving more and more towards the marriage we always wanted. And so we believe that all marriages can get there. And so that's what we want to uh, to be sure that we're sharing with everyone. So I told Heather when we started talking about this, I said, go back to, to, to 2011, and if you could talk to, if you could sit down and tell us, 
as a couple in 2011 before Heather began to make the mistakes that led to an affair. What were, what were those mistakes, and what would you say to us to avoid what mistakes to avoid so that you don't get into those problems? So this is for everybody, which is great. We want to be able to share this, but if you are struggling, um, these are some great tips. And so we're, yeah, like Heather said, we weren't planning for 10, Mm-mm. but we came up with 10. That's a and lot of mistakes. there were too many to cut. I mean, too many to cut. There were too many good ones to cut. Like, I was like, surely we can narrow that down to five or four and no such luck. Well, maybe the problem is, is that in, if people are going, well, if y'all were making 10 mistakes in 2000, <laughs> no wonder. Uh, I think we all make more than 10 mistakes, yeah. but these are, these are some big ones. And so we just want to make sure that you're avoiding these. Now, before we get into this, right... We want to, we want to tell you. Um, we're gonna also kind of over the next three weeks, we're gonna tell you some resources that we're working on in our marriage ministry. So the redeemed marriage, these are things that if you want to get plugged in and dive a little deeper into some of the things that we offer, just or just to have some resources to help your marriage. We want to be able to share those things with you quickly, briefly. So we're going to split that out. We don't want it to be like a commercial. We just want you to be like, hey, didn't know these people did this. So right. here's how you can kind of plug in and uh, encourage your marriage this year. So we're creating this little um downloadable form that you'll be able to get off of our website. It's not there yet, but maybe by the time you listen to this, who knows? Um, but it's going to be a downloadable loadable form that's a resource menu. And at the, at the top of that are just some really simple things that we do to try to help you stay connected to your spouse and in your marriage, and they're really simple things. Um, but in case you don't know, we are pretty active on social media, and all of that is so that we can try to encourage your marriage. And so um, really what we would encourage you to do if you don't already do this is go follow us on all of our social media channels. So Facebook and Instagram, we're posting there almost every day, and if not every day. And these are little tips for your marriage. And and then the big thing is our YouTube channel, which is has not been very active in the past. But when we did our survey, we heard from a lot of you that you're really interested in, in us adding that. So we've got some huge things planned over the next few months as we start rolling out some things that we're going to be doing on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So all three of those, you can go and find us at The Redeemed Marriage um, and if you have, if you don't remember, our website is theredeemedmarriage.com. There's a link to our Facebook page there. There's a link to Instagram. There's a link to YouTube. And the other big thing is please make sure you're on our email list. Yep. So that's a big one because anytime we have new stuff that's coming out or contests or giveaways or just that we want to share some things with you that nobody else is really going to get a chance to see or hear it's going to go to our email list first. So there you go. That was it. Good Commercial enough? done. Commercial done. <laughs> no, we just want you to be connected. We want you to have as many resources as you can. So that's our first uh, thing to throw out there. Um, the very simple, uh, just follow us on those social channels. All right, let's jump into the 10 mistakes, 10 marriage mistakes to avoid in 2024. You're up. Go You want me first. to go first. Okay. 
So the one that I thought of that was most important to me that I feel like I messed up so very badly um, in 2011 was depending on you, depending on my spouse for my joy. Like I expected you and your actions and your words to make me happy. And that's just an unrealistic expectation to put on anybody. So um, the, the thing to avoid, the mistake to avoid is depending on your spouse for your joy. Now, this looks a lot of different ways to me. Um, in words, you know, obviously you want to be able to compliment your spouse and give them, you know, um, is there a different word besides compliments that's better? Like uh, words of affirmation. affirmation. Thank you. Words mm-hmm. of affirmation. I mean, you want that from your spouse. Like mm-hmm. I desire that from you. Um, you've given me compliments. You've given me words of affirmation that I'm a good wife, that I'm a good mom, that I'm a good cook, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then also, um, you know, you helping me around the house brings me great joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helping out with the dishes or um, clothes or things like that, just helping out around the house. Those are things that um, help make my life easier and so therefore bring me joy. But if I'm dependent on those things for to make me happy, then I'm putting a ton of pressure on you mm-hmm. that you weren't built to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what you were designed to do was to make me happy. Right. Um, and so making sure, of course, as believers and people who depend on on Christ for our ultimate joy, that's where that has to come from. And we've talked before on here, but I don't think that it hurts to revisit it, about how I'm supposed, and we all individually are supposed to have a cup that um, that we need to be filled by by God, by the Holy Spirit, by His Word, um, by our our love for Him and our worship of Him. And if our cup is full, then anything by Him, then anything you were to do to me, as far as compliments, words of affirmation, um, helping around the house, anything that would bring me joy would be overflow. Um, and overflow onto the people around me is the idea because my cup's already full um, of of my relationship with the Lord and what He says about me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know your com- your compliments, although they mean the absolute world to me, and your words of affirmation, although they mean the world to me. My identity is in Christ, that I'm a daughter of the King, and who I am in Him. And so, therefore, if you have a spouse that is failing in that area, then you still have ultimate joy because of who your joy is in. Mm. Because if, you know, we may be talking to a lot of people who they're like, yeah, the last time my spouse complimented me Mm. or gave me words of affirmation or helped me around the house or, you know, any of that. made me happy. Yeah. When is the last time, you know, I know that we're talking to some people like that, that either you feel like you're lacking in that area that you wish your spouse would help make you happy or, or you feel like there's none there at all. And that's where you have to look and as hard as hard as it is to say, you have to say that's not their job. Mm. Like their job is not to make me happy. Now, 
Do we want that for our spouses? Absolutely. And, you know, we'll talk more about that. But if you're depending on your spouse for your joy, then you are setting them up for failure Mm. because that's not what they were created to be. Mm. Um, Our joy, my joy has to come from my relationship with the Lord. My joy has to come um, from the things that God is teaching me and the things that God says that I am and who he says that I am. Yeah, I, I think it's also, you're spot on with that. And I also think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy in your, in, you know, in your spouse Absolutely. to make you or, you know, add to your happiness. Mm-hmm. The whole reason why you married your spouse is because... You enjoyed the companionship, and they make made you happy. Like it's, I, I I can't. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that got married, and there's and the person they were dating didn't make them happy. I don't know why you would have gotten right. married, but I'm sure that that is the case for some people. But when you get married, you, I mean, happily ever after. You right. know, you ex you expect that mm-hmm. and and maybe that's the wrong word because maybe you shouldn't expect it maybe you should just desire that right. and so as you desire that then your goal needs to be well i i want that so i need to make my you know do all i can to make my spouse happy but what happens is it's not always reciprocated. Yeah. And so I, I think, and I love what you're saying, because you're like, well, when it's not reciprocated, that doesn't mean that your life is joyless. Right. You need to make sure that your joy is not coming from the actions of your spouse. That's right. But when your spouse does the things that make you happy, it adds to your joy. And really, more than anything, you're just happy. And this is one of the things that I wit that I want for every marriage. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and I know it's <laughs> I know it's not going to happen for every marriage, but if you know if I could throw out the one big thing for each marriage in 2024, it's I, I just want people to enjoy being married again mm-hmm. and to be happy in their marriage and to experience the joy that we have just living day-to-day together. Does that mean that every day is this wonderful, blissful time? No, it's not like that. But we we are living out the marriage we always wanted, and that's right. what we want for, for other people. Right, right. And, you know, the other thing, when you were talking, I just, I think the biggest part is not setting your spouse up to fail Mm. because if you're if those expectations are you're supposed to make me happy then you're setting them up to fail Mm -hmm. because that's not what they were created to be now like you said that's the goal and that's the desire is for you to try to make each other happy and and share life with one another and that brings joy and you know, I don't think it's silly to want those things mm-hmm. and desire those things. But if, I mean, we say all the time that's the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different mm-hmm. result. And if you're constant, if well, if he would just do this, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. If he would just do that, if he would just say this, if he could just help me with this, then I would be happy. That's putting your joy into the hands of somebody else. Mm. And saying, if you'll do those, then I'll be happy. And that's what makes me sad. And I think that's where I was 11 years ago 
is 11 years ago? Mm. In 2011. Yeah. <laughs> no, 12 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 12 years ago. Almost 13 years ago this year it'll be. But I think I was thinking 2011. Mm -hmm. But in 2011, I think that that's where I was. I was constantly, constantly disappointed in our marriage because I was putting unrealistic expectations on it and was wanting you to be solely responsible for making me happy and bringing me joy. Mm -hmm. And, and it, then when that didn't happen, you became negative right. to the point where it was like, well, who can make me happy? That's right. If yeah. you're not going to do it, somebody else out there. Absolutely. And then not only that, but I made you feel like you were never going to make me happy. Mm. Like there is nothing. I mean, you were doing all the right things. You were doing great in making lit like... I mean, I can, when we look back on it and you're saying all of the things that you were actually doing to make our marriage, try to make our marriage better, but they, I, nothing you were doing was making me happy mm -hmm. because it, they were unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, you know, we say you, we got into this crazy cycle of, you know, just nothing you could do would make me happy. Nothing was bringing me joy. And so therefore I looked somewhere else for it, but it was all because I was giving you expectations that couldn't be met. Mm. That's good. So um, I'll move, we'll move to number two. This We're just going to kind of go back and forth. So sure. one of the ones that was on my list was one of the mistakes to avoid, a marriage mistake to avoid in 2024 is the mistake would be to stop paying attention to your marriage. Mm. And, you know, that kind of sounds really simple. Um and I, but I mean, this is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers to this because you just mentioned something, you know, when you said, you know, what you were doing all these, I what I was doing these things that were supposed to make you happy, but I was almost doing it to check a box and mm -hmm. say that I was doing it. So I know some people have heard us talk about this, but I but early in 2011, I had read The Love Dare, I think is the, the book that I'd read, or maybe we watched the movie or something like that. But I had challenged myself to do something, this um, unexpected act of kindness kind of a thing every day. And I mean, I even had a spreadsheet, which, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, mm, and it really did, it just became like, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just doing it because I don't know, maybe I maybe it was for maybe it was for an ego thing, like so that you would tell people, "Oh, my husband's the greatest," which is crazy because the exact opposite was happening, <laughs> you know. But I think that the motives were not right and pure. And while I was doing that, you know, it was a little thing. So people may be going, "What are you talking about?" Well, I mean, I might would go, "Okay, I'm going to bring you home some flowers and I would put that down on the on the little spreadsheet for that day or maybe it was um you know I'm gonna give you a back rub or something and a little post-it note on the mirror yeah it just, could mm -hmm. yeah anything maybe wash your car you know things like that and <clears throat> I don't know that you really even knew that that was going on um and most of the time you didn't really even acknowledge that I was doing something nice for you which that but as as that was happening I feel like I was I, I was not really paying attention to you. Like it was more of the act that I was mm -hmm. paying attention to. And so what I'm trying to encourage people, the mistake to avoid is like, I, I want you to be, I want you to really pay attention to your marriage. Now I know that there's some people out there 
that they would think, well, gosh, if my husband or wife had a spreadsheet and they were doing something, you know, once a day, that would be the greatest thing in the world mm-hmm. because right now they're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I what I am saying is like there are people that are roommates and they're not paying attention to their spouse in a lot of ways on deep levels. But I'm I'm encouraging you to really pay attention to what's going on. Like be close enough with your spouse through communication, through spending time together, that you really can can know what's going on in their heart so that you can so that you can tend to that and you can right. meet those needs and you can, you know, we've we've said this before and we've given this suggestion, but I mean I have a note in my which gosh, maybe this maybe this feels a little bit like the spreadsheet, but it's really not. But I have a note. I actually learned this from Levi Lusco, I believe. But there's a note that says being a Heather Bryant expert in my phone. And I just jot down little things. Like if we're at a store and you see something that you like and you're like, oh, I wish I had that. I'm not going to buy it right then. I'm not going to buy everything you ever say that you like, but I'll take a little picture of it or I'll make a note of it. And so that I can remember, hey, if something's coming up and I need to get you something, but it's, but it's things like that to pay attention to, you know, and if you, if you say, oh, good, you know, oh, my favorite, you know, I love this candy or, oh, I tried this at this restaurant and I really love, you know, those are the things you just make those notes and you're paying attention. And I think that if your attitude is, I'm just always trying to learn, pay attention, grow in being a student of you, then that's, that's where you're going to avoid that mistake of paying, of, um, not paying attention to your marriage. Right. And I want to speak into that just for a second in that this is going to look different in every season of your life. Um, because I can just hear that mom who's like, I can barely find time to listen to y'all's podcast. I've got six kids. Blah, 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 blah. How am I supposed to pay attention to my spouse? But it's going to look different in each season. And you still have to find that time. It's just that in some seasons, you may have 10 minutes. <laughs> in mm-hmm. some seasons, you have a lot more time than that, you know? So it's just finding um, finding time to to pay attention and to really zone in but on that. But let me also say this. For, for the person that's driving to work this morning, for the person that's out walking the dog, for the person that's folding their laundry, and you're listening to this, you're paying attention to your Absolutely. marriage. And like that's what I that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't stop. You know, even if it's even if you if it's just something little, but it's but it's all you can do. You know, I'm 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 grabbing a few minutes here and there to think about my marriage and how mm-hmm. do I I mean the fact that you're listening to a marriage podcast means mm-hmm. that you're paying attention right. to your marriage. So not, uh, good job. Uh, yeah, good job. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're not, you know, we're preaching to the choir a little that's bit, right, but that's right. but just don't forget that throughout 2024. All right, you want to go All to right, number three? Yeah. So my next one, um, without it, without doubt, is um, avoid the mistake of not talking, mm-hmm. and I specifically put um, avoid the mistakes of avoiding heart talks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've never listened to us before, then you don't know what a heart talk is. Um, but let me just explain briefly what I mean by, um, making sure that you're talking. You don't want to avoid that. You don't want to build up anger. 
Um, even if it's a little thing, like if some, if they just bother you about one little thing, that can build and build and build and get worse and worse and worse. Also, sitting in your hurt, like if they, if your spouse hurts you, um, you know, I think there's so much fear behind just being open and honest with each other. Um, Rusty and I have learned about like talking um, back and thinking back onto our childhoods that we never, ever, ever saw either one of our parents um, fight now um, or have even really hard discussions. We just never saw that. And so we thought the first time we argued, we were like, oh my gosh, something's really wrong with our marriage because that just isn't something that was um, demonstrated well in in our families. And I also think before anybody gets all riled up, I think that's a generational thing. I think back in the day, you know, you just didn't have those discussions in front of your kids. And we don't have all out brawls in front of our kids. I'm just saying we demonstrate the fact that there are going to be times that we disagree, or there's going to be times where one of the other hurts each other. Guys, if you have not heard me say this before, we are two sinners. Your marriage is two sinners trying to make a marriage work. Like you are going to have problems. Adam and Eve had problems, like problems. Like it's not going to be a perfect marriage. And so because of that, you have to know how to deal with those hurts. You have to know how to deal with those things um, that have hurt you or have made you upset. And and we teach an amazing tool called a heart talk um, that we learned when we um, were going through um, marriage counseling on how to make sure that um, we communicate with each other well. I'm not going to go into how that works. We have You can look back at our episodes. Um, I know several of them include um, heart talks, but it's just having a safe place with your spouse to be able to talk, to be mm-hmm. able to say, hey, this hurt, um, this hurt, and and your spouse being able to apologize for that and your spouse being able to um, speak into it because most of the time it's just misunderstanding. A lot of the time it's misunderstanding. So it's just being able to communicate well, being a safe place for your spouse to be able to voice things that are wrong um, and be able to try to fix those together. Because I definitely think that that's something that I did wrong. And from hearing you talk, I know it's something that you that you did. You did not want to talk. You're a little bit scared of mm-hmm. me because I never could be wrong. Um, I always turned it back on you and made it your fault. And so I wasn't a safe place for you to talk to. But just being, I just think that that's huge. Um, you want to avoid keeping things built inside and not communicating well. Well, now that you have explained that one, it is the same as one of mine. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> but that's, I mean, so we'll just, I'll just continue on that yeah. and give a little bit more of my side of it and what I was thinking. But that's exactly what I what I have for one of mine was uh, a mistake to avoid is not creating a safe space for mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. And really that's, I mean, it's, it's just like you said, it's, you can't be afraid to confront your spouse um, about 
I mean, anything, good things, bad things, you know, things that you're concerned about, things about your spouse that are concerning to you or things that you're seeing. And, you know, if you're one of those that just feels like you're never wrong and you can't, um, you know, you can't accept hearing from your spouse, then, you know, really what you need is to learn the tool of the heart talk because, that's a that's a great tool to learn how to just be a listener. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean that you listen and you just shut down mm-hmm. and don't agree or any you know, you you just need to be your spouse needs to know I can come and talk to you about little things, big things. It's just we're in this thing together. And so, you know, I welcome that that if you have something you need to talk to me about, this is what I'm here for, and I want to be here for you. So yeah, it's just this. I mean, the best way to describe it is just a safe place. You don't need to feel scared or mm-hmm. threatened to be able to talk to your spouse. And I think some of that comes with trust mm-hmm. and just knowing that. Hey, I mean, you know, we're in this thing for the long haul together, and it's not like if. If I bring something up to you and it hurts your feelings or makes you mad, then, you know, for the next week, you're going to shut down and not even talk to Mm -hmm. me or you're going to go in your room and shut the door, go in our room and shut the door and I have to sleep on the couch. Like, like that's what we're talking about. It needs to be where you can talk to your spouse and then you can, if it's conflict, then how does this conflict make us better? Right. And then we move forward. And that takes such a level of maturity because mm-hmm. I was a toddler. Like mm-hmm. I was literally a toddler 11 years ago when it came to things like this. Like I would shut down and I would just, and I would kind of make you pay for that. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but I like, it's heartbreaking for me to look back and see times that you came to me and were like, hey, this is bothering me, or it bothered me when you did this. Um, I mean, and and it could be, I won't give examples because I can't think of one specifically, except that I can remember turning it and Mm -hmm. making it your fault. You know, like not only turning it and saying um, one way would be to make it your fault, the other way would be to turn it and go, well, you just misread that, mm-hmm. or that's not what I meant by that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if that's what you meant or not. That's what I meant or not. It's what you heard me mm-hmm. say, and mm-hmm. it's how you took it. And that's on me. Like, and I, you know, I, we can get into um, a lot of how, you know, people now they'll say, well, it's not my responsibility how they take that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and to a, a degree that it's right. Like mm-hmm. you can't control how somebody else responds, but it's also your job to make sure that they understood, stood you well. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I were to come to you and say, Hey, it, it just kind of hurt me when you said this, this, and this, um, it gives you an opportunity if, you know, you're in a mature relationship relationship to say, hey, that is not at all what I meant Mm -hmm. by that. Instead of attacking, Mm -hmm. it's that, you know, instead of saying, well, you just heard it that way. And it can say, man, that is not what I meant by that. You know, what I meant was, and it gives you an opportunity to kind of re-say what what you meant to say. Mm-hmm. And but if but if you're not open, if I'm not open and come to you with that or you don't come to me with that, then it just builds. Yep. I mean it just festers and it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse and you get bitter 
And I mean, bitterness like that, it's a marriage killer. Like it just, you've got to be able to speak calmly to your spouse, tell them what hurt, tell them why it hurt and how you can do it different next Mm. time. Yeah, and I'm, I want to wrap up with this. So I'm going to give this challenge because as we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about the the best way to really just sum this up is is that your your marriage should not no neither one of you should be walking on eggshells, right? And scared to talk to the other person. And you might be listening to this, and you're falling in one of two camps. You're either like, well. I can't talk to my spouse because I'm scared to death of what's going to happen. Or you may be listening going, gosh, is that me? Like, is my spouse, you know, scared to talk to me because they really don't come and talk to me? Is it because of me? Mm -hmm. So we've said this a million times. You cannot fix your spouse. And it's kind of like the old thing when you're sitting in church and the the preacher's preaching. You don't need to be nudging Mm -hmm. the person beside you. You need to be looking at your own heart. And so you might be thinking to yourself, well, how do I stop this, Mm -hmm. this cycle of one or both of us being walking on eggshells? Here's what you do. Go ask your spouse. Like literally go ask your spouse and say, hey, one of the things that I want to do better and I want to avoid this mistake, I want to create a space where you can come and talk to me. Are you scared? Does it like, do you think that when you talk to me, I'm going to throw it back at you or I'm going to be defensive or like blow up. or blow up, you know, whatever. And, and come at it from that angle. Just ask your spouse, am I a safe space? Because I want to be that this year. I want to learn to be that for you. And what it might do is they may say, no, you're great. And then they may turn it right back around and say, am I that for you? And then you have an opportunity to say, well, I mean, yeah, I kind of do feel like I'm on eggshells. It's a great discussion starter. But when you're going to start these hard discussions, put it on your heart first. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you want what's best for your marriage. So you're asking your spouse, how can I do better here? Do I do this good? Do I need to make some improvements? Because it's the start of a new year. I want to make these improvements. Mm-hmm. Not, hey, can you go listen to this and start on minute 24? Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's a great challenge for everybody this week. I mean, no matter, even if you feel like, ah, we communicate pretty well, it might be a great time for a little bit of a checkup and just ask, you know, am I a safe space for you? Because we all need to be that for our spouse. All right. So we kind of hit three, yeah. sort of three and a half. Uh, we're going to pick Maybe it back three, up. Maybe three, three and three over the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try to, <laughs> we'll get to nine or 10, but we'll see. We may be able to do more next week. We went a little long today, but hey, thank you guys for listening. We are looking forward to journeying with you in 2024 and can't wait to see all of our marriages grow and be as strong as we can possibly get them to be in this new year. Have a great week. <laughs>